This podcast is brought to you by Stella Artois. When you're planning to enjoy everything Houston has to offer, especially all the great restaurants in our city, start with Estella. Whether you're going to eat with friends or solo, start with Estella. Stella Artois. Enjoy responsibly. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's bi-weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. This is the Thursday show where I have a conversation with people in the food world I think you will want to learn more about. Let me introduce y'all separately so people can hear your voices. He is the chef and owner of both Camerata and Polly's. Paul Petronello, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Eric. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm sorry this is my first time on here. I know you've been doing this for a while now. I I'm amazed that this is your first time on here because I've been a a regular of yours for many many years. But you know, no time like the present. You have been. Uh, you've, you've you've lived through the ups and downs of the Polly's uh, the Polly's 25 years. Yeah, we appreciate it. She is the general manager of Camerata, Elise Wilson. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be on the show. Yeah, Paul, like you said, let me let me start with you. I mean, like you said, you're reaching the 25th anniversary of, of Polly's and and that restaurant has evolved, but Elise is here and we want to talk about Camerata too. So I I mean, you know, just briefly, I guess, tell me a little bit about how you kind of came to open Polly's 25 years ago because it's I I mean it is such a staple you know you've won I mean I've I've dined there dozens of times over the years you've won the culture map tastemaker award for neighborhood restaurant of the year I mean it's it's you know it's become quite an institution Uh, I appreciate that it's good it's good to hear uh things like that because sometimes I focus on uh all of our ways to improve and sometimes overlook what we are doing well and so it's good to hear the good things. Sometimes we, uh, you know, the restaurant owners sometimes hear the bad things first, and that's where we start to focus. But it's always good to hear that stuff. Uh, my parents uh, actually opened Polly's 25 years ago uh, and named it after myself, um, which was a little bit of a surprise when I heard that story. But uh, it seems like they were uh, kind of uh, planting the seed back then, which is now... Uh, <laughs> for it was for their son to take over the second generation into 25 years. Um, so I did work there actually our when we first opened. I was I was our first cashier and then learned all of the front and then quickly learned the kitchen. So there's nothing that I have not done there. Cooked, cleaned, bus boyed. Um at least can tell you, like I just whatever hat I need to wear at the time is the hat that I put on. So but after 25 years, I have actually learned to be an owner. Um, and that means, you know, instilling talent and letting that talent flourish. I, I would say people ask me, what do you do now? And I say, I'd find, I think my talent is recognizing other talent. Um, so for at least, for example, um, she came to us about three years ago and was um, extremely excited about taking over the position. She has a great resume, including cooking and a CIA degree. Um, so she was a very well-rounded individual and I thought she'd be a good fit for that. 
Elise, I mean, that seems like a good opportunity to to bring you in on the conversation. I mean, how did you become sort of interested in in the Camerata job and, and what had you been doing prior to, to coming on board? Um, so kind of like Paul said, I've been in restaurants my entire life. Um, I've always had a huge passion for food, wine, all of the above. And um, Camerata, uh, funnily enough, it just kind of fell in my lap. I had been friends with all three of the previous uh, GMs. And I was at Uchi actually uh, for three and a half years uh, leading up to Camerata as one of their part of their management team. And um, yeah, I went to visit my friend, Tim, who is the GM at the time of Camerata. And he mentioned that he was going to be having a baby with his wife and needed to go into kind of a nine to five thing. And Camerata just has always for the uh, where I was at my point in my life was kind of my dream job. And I was like, well, who's who's taken over? And he's like, I don't know yet. And I just sort of raised my hand. I was like, can I put my name in the hat? Um, and that just kind of went from there. Yeah. I mean, you know, say a little more about that because I've certainly remember when Camerata opened. I mean, it's had these kind of dynamic GM wine director types and it, it had that kind of, at least from my perspective as an outsider, right? Not, I'm not like a real, I'm not a big wine person. Like I, I like wine, but I, I don't, I don't pretend to be super knowledgeable about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it had, from my perspective, it kind of had that vibe of like a, like a wine nerds wine bar, right? Like if you, if you knew wine, you could find stuff at Camerata that maybe you wouldn't see anywhere else or, or that, and that the staff like really knew their stuff. So talk to me a little bit about kind of stepping into that world and, and, or, or, you know, feel free to disagree with me about whether that's kind of how you see Camerata. No, that's uh, definitely part of the tradition of Camerata. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to kind of follow through with was sticking with tradition that, you know, the wine list really does feature a lot of obscure grapes from obscure regions. And of course, we still have some traditional stuff, um, but uh, really kind of going outside the box on the wine list and, you know, having stuff from crazy places like the Canary Islands and Croatia and, you know, grapes that even I don't necessarily know how to pronounce because I don't speak Croatian. Um, But uh, kind of following through with that tradition and then just um, the educational part is definitely, you know, a huge part of what we do. Um, You know, I really love my staff and I spend a lot of time doing uh, work with them to make sure that they're you know, constantly learning new things because uh, we do change our by the glass list daily, um, which for the guests can be fun, uh, but uh, also maybe a little frustrating when they come back like a month later looking for something and it's no longer available. Um, but we always find something similar for them. And that's part of where the knowledge comes in is that the staff is familiar with uh, the wine that maybe they had last month and then introducing them to something similar or new that they can still have fun with. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really excited about where my staff is right now. They've all been with me for uh, the, the three guys that I have have been with me for a decent amount of time. And uh, Scotty just passed his uh, level two SOM certification this past year and Alberto uh, who came to me with zero wine knowledge, uh, but knew a lot about beer and spirits just passed his level one and is looking to do his level two. 
Uh, and then uh, my newest hire is actually um, a master of wine candidate, which is really exciting. Uh, her name's Justina. She's a very well-known psalm around the city, but um, she was looking for somewhere to focus on studying for her master of wine certification rather than running a program. And so it just kind of worked out perfectly um, to have her join the team. Uh, and it's great because uh, she knows more about wine than I do <laughs> and uh, <laughs> helps with educating the, the rest of the staff. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Paul, talk, talk, talk a little bit about that because, you know, I, I think it is kind of one thing to have a wine bar where the staff is really ambitious and wants to pursue certifications and further their knowledge. Uh, but they also have to be people, right? They have to like interact with guests who, you know, may just want like a glass of Pinot Grigio or, a, you know, a Prosecco or something that's maybe not, maybe not like wine nerd approved. So, so how do you, how do you, as the owner, like, how do you kind of set the tone and, and balance? I want my staff to be knowledgeable, but I also want them to be hospitable. Yeah, it, it, it does come, uh, there are two faces to that. There is, there is knowledge and there is uh, hospitality. And I think we do a good job of both. And that comes from, at this point, you know, after 10 years, it comes with reputation. Um, and that is part of the vetting process when Elise interviews or when I interview, we're, we're really looking for, it's easy to tell kind of what their knowledge is sometimes through conversations or some basic uh, um, testing that we have. But um, the real uh, test for me, and the, and the biggest point of hiring for me is their hospitability, her, her, their hospitality. It's um, having something for the wine nerd, and then also making the novice feel comfortable at the same time. Like I'm, I'm like you. Like although I own Camerata, Eric, I like what I drink, but I'm not going to pretend to to know a lot about wine because I really don't. That's that's where my talent is recognizing that in other people. So when I sit at the bar, when I do sit at the bar, I don't really even have to look at the menu because I rely on our staff um, because we do have a big menu. Like I, sometimes wine menus are are really intimidating to most people and it takes a lot of time to flip through that. And sometimes you don't know how to pronounce it or what it means or what it tastes like. So if you have something on your mind that you want to taste, and maybe it's something similar to a Pinot Grigio, maybe we don't carry that what you're looking for, but we have, you know, probably a hundred options that we could find that fits the palette that you're looking for. So you might come in wanting something like something like a Pinot Grigio and leave loving what you had, but have never heard of it that way, that grape and didn't know it was made in a country like Croatia or didn't know that it had a flavor profile like that. So you come in with knowledge, then leave with a new knowledge, which is which is really what I'm I was hoping to to have next door. Um because like you, I'm I'm not gonna pretend to know a lot about wine because I just there's it takes a whole dedication, a lifetime dedication to understand all that. And you know, we've got different hats to wear. So I trust people like Elise and 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 we discuss all the time about you know her new hires and what their background are and 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 most importantly, how do they interact with guests? Yeah, you know, I'll say like I, I think my favorite my favorite trick that like really good psalms and and the staff at Camerata have always done this and and at other wine bars is you give me a glass of wine and I go okay I drink it whatever I like it but I want something sweeter I I want something similar but I want it a little sweeter I want it a little more acidic or I want it 
this had a lot of apple. Give me one that's got a little more pear, like whatever it is. And then you find that glass and it's like, yes, this is exactly what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like that's sorcery as far as I'm concerned. Like I, I love that moment. Well, and we definitely consider those our winning moments um, because that's the goal um, is to make people happy. Um, but yeah, one of my uh, biggest things when I am interviewing people is I I don't tolerate arrogance. Um, this is a wine bar that's meant for people to come in and feel comfortable and no matter how much they know about wine. And if they know nothing, let us help them find something they like. I mean, we have people come in all the time that are like, oh, I've really never drank anything other than Cabernet in my life. And after hanging out with us for an hour, they've tried three new wines and they come back next week to try something else. And that's, again, just that's the winning moment for us where it's really exciting to kind of build those relationships with people because they feel comfortable that we're not talking down to them and that we're not treating them like, you know, one of the things I like to tell people when I'm joking around about, you know, how some some of the high end restaurants can come off a little snooty sometimes is. Like, why would you go to a mechanic and like a mechanic's not going to treat you like, you know, oh, I can't believe you don't know how to fix your own car. So why would I want to go into a, you know, restaurant or bar and have the sommelier be like, oh, I can't believe you don't know about our wine list. Yeah, you got to, you know, there's a bit like mechanics have the reputation of like taking advantage of people's ignorance, right? Like, Uh, you know, upselling you on some filter repair that you don't really need. Right. I, I guess at least with with wine, it's like you're not going to talk some novice in the like a three hundred dollar bottle of no, champagne. Right? Like, uh, maybe I'll, ha- I'll have to work on my analogy, but uh, it was more so just the point of like, you know, there's a reason that sommeliers are familiar with wine and it's our job to help make people feel comfortable not to talk down to them. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I'm going to get angry DMs from, you know, anybody that's related to a mechanic like, no, no, there's they're mostly <laughs> honest. It's like, yes, I know there's there's wonderful there's wonderful mechanics. I I just, yeah, I just had to, you know, opine as is my want. We all have fun. And that's the other thing. It's fun. Wine isn't meant to be serious all the time. Yeah. I, Paul, let me, let me spin this back to you just a little bit. I mean, you know, you, as you said, you opened Camerata 10 years ago and, and in some ways there weren't that many wine bars back then. And now, you know, we sort of think about even just, you know, lower Westheimer. I mean, there's a whole bunch that have, that have opened in the neighborhood since then. How do you kind of keep Camerata in people's minds as they consider all these options and they want to try the new places, but they want to respect the the places they've been before too? Uh, yeah, you're right. There are quite a few in our area now. I mean, all over Houston, I, I, but before us was 13. So we, we always like to give respect to 13 because they were definitely here before us and Mike and Mike and I know each other well. And we've always been friends. And I think Elise and uh, Elise and the folks over at 13 are actually really good friends too. So I uh, definitely want to respect that. Um, you know, more the merrier. Like, uh, you know, we, we've had a really consistent and loyal customer base since we opened. So um, to be honest, I don't visit all of them because I'm just not in that place anymore. Um, I kind of care about what's inside of our building and that's just about it. And I know if we're, we're doing the things inside of our building, right. Then we'll, we'll be around for a long time. Um, but kind of more the merrier, you know, as long as we make people feel comfortable, we can offer them things that they may have not had anywhere else. Um, you know, hold a good conversation because we're, our bartenders are not, 
really there to serve and walk away. You know, they're happy to talk about it. They're happy to talk about your life or, you know, if you want to borrow a wine book or, you know, other things. So I think people actually love to sit at the physical bar because of that, you know, because if you sit at the bar, you're going to have a conversation with someone who knows a lot about wine, um, which I love. And so that, I think after 10 years, that hospitality and professionalism has remained. And, and that comes a lot from our internal education and also, you know, we we subsidize most everyone's exams, you know, which aren't cheap. So I think the reputation now is, you know, if you want to further your career in wine, then Camerata is a good place to do that because we will pay for your exams, whether it's from the court of master's homes or it's W set. So uh, and that kind of creates a culture inside the place that everyone's there on the same team um, there to learn and grow. And then if we're looking for new people, you know, they come in and sit with us and learn about those things that, you know, we help them further their career. And so at this point, it's just kind of a revolving door of students who want to become more educated. I think that's a good culture to have. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of wine bars that have opened. But I will say after having lived in like New York and Miami and a few other places on the East Coast, uh, one of my favorite things about the Houston wine community is that it truly is a community um, where like I can call up Adele over at 13 and ask, you know, hey, you know, I'm having problems with this machine. Do you know anybody who repairs it? Or, you know, like we do go to each other's wine bars and we all are kind of friends. And, you know, in New York and Miami, it's a lot more cutthroat and nobody's really like buddies. So it's it's really great that the Houston wine community is all very friendly and helpful to one another and they all want to support one another. And that's really cool for a big city like Houston to have that. Talking about fostering community. I mean, you know, Paul, you've always been, you know, you've always held pop-ups kind of for up and coming chefs. I mean, I, you know, I remember when Aaron Smith did a a dinner at your place. I remember when uh, the guys from garden grace kind of did a a preview thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I have a picture of, uh, Ronnie Killen holding a, a can of Lone Star or something from uh, yeah. from a from a pre barbecue like a barbecue pop up that he did. Yeah, we sure um, did. And don't, and don't I know you know those Randy Rucker pop ups. Yeah, I mean the yeah the Randy Rucker <laughs> pop ups. I mean the I remember uh, Felipe Riccio long before March did a, a pasta pop up that uh, yeah you know I think I think the was so overwhelmed. Uh, I, I think I I think I ordered food. I think I got it about an hour and a half later. But, yeah. but yeah, we're still I know, doing those. well, I, well, that's what I wanted to ask you about. I mean, you kind of took a break for the pandemic, but I, they're, they're back. So, so tell me a little bit about, about bringing back the pop-ups and kind of what your plans are for that. Um, I do enjoy that. I, I, even, even when we first, I first started taking over Polly's full-time, I was, it was something I like to do on, on Sundays. It was just something different. Um, you know, Polly's is a little bit of a machine, um, but I, I was really into what everyone else, all the younger guys were doing and really helped us form great relationships through the community and, and the chefs themselves. Um, but to be honest, those pop-ups now happen at Camerata for the most part. Um, you know, the chefs will use Polly's Kitchen, but now it gives Camerata, the folks at, at Camerata to pair um, wines with, you know, these authentic cuisines and different cuisines that we would not otherwise have the opportunity. So one of the things that's kind of that that uh, one of the things that people judge psalms by is their ability to pair wines with different types of food. So Camerata does have a 
uh, a very eclectic um, food list that kind of accompanies our wine, but the opportunities for pair different things are not always there. So not only does it give a stage for the new guys, the new cooks and new chefs, but it also gives the people of Camerata an opportunity to, to pair those things. Um, and to be honest, Elisa's actually been been in charge of the uh, pop-ups the past couple of years. Well, Elisa, I mean, I know you guys just had, you know, Martha Wilcox and, and Andrew Musico in. I mean, talk, talk a little about kind of that dinner and, and kind of how you approached it. Yeah, um, so uh, they did a really amazing job um, just kind of featuring Martha's kind of Texas roots fused with Andrew's like Filipino roots. Um, both of them are just absolutely amazing chefs with awesome backgrounds. And uh, I feel very lucky that, uh, you know, I have my chef background because that really that gives me kind of that little bit of a one up for when I'm doing food and wine pairings that you know, I've worked with so many years of kind of flavor infusions and doing that. Um, and we had a lot of fun, uh, kind of picking out, uh, you know, I had a Canary Islands, uh, Liston Negro red wine paired with one of their, uh, shrimp and pork raviolo dishes. And it just absolutely stood out with having kind of this, you know, light bodied earthy, but, uh, like deep uh, plummy background of a red wine with uh, this beautiful pork and shrimp, traditional uh, almost ragu style sauce that they had with their raviolo and, you know, just kind of being able to play on interesting flavors and find unique wines that then actually kind of match, whether it's the acidity or the sweetness or whatever it is. But um I definitely am very, very much fun with the pop-ups. We enjoy it. I want to continue doing um, more of them. So it's, you know, every few months or so, if I can find a find somebody that wants to come in and spend a Sunday night cooking up in the Polly's kitchen, we like to have fun with it. Well, I, I mean, you know, we have a lot of young up and coming cooks that, that probably listen to the show. I mean, who, who are you kind of looking for or, or you know, what's the what's the pitch? Like what, what gets you to say yes. And, and, you know, give them the keys to the kitchen for a night. Um, I think the biggest thing is a, that they have, you know, enough of, uh, understanding of how to cook in someone else's kitchen. I know that sounds a little strange, but, uh, if you've ever, you know, gone to someone else's house and tried to cook, it suddenly can become very overwhelming when you don't know where everything is and you don't know exactly how all the machine, the, you know, potware and cookware kind of function. Um, so being able to really understand how to pop around and work in different places and be comfortable rolling with the flow of things, because that's part of a pop-up is things aren't always going to go as planned and you got to just roll with the punches and make it happen. And, uh, figure out a backup plan on the fly. So having that kind of mental acuity to uh, be in that mindset of we're going to make it happen no matter what uh, is definitely a big deal. And then just, you know, having the creativity of wanting to showcase something that's unique to them as a chef and something that makes their culinary style, you know, special, I think is really important um, because, there's so many restaurants in Houston. So, you know, what makes, what sets you apart? Yeah. I, I think that's funny. You know, I, you know, we tell actors break a leg, but in, <laughs> in college, in college, I was mostly backstage, like running lighting and sound. So 
our, our technical director always said, don't break a fucking thing. I think that's, <laughs> right. I think that's kind of the rule for coming to, to do a pop-up at Polly's. Don't, don't break anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't break anything and leave it how you found it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paul, I, I, you know, I, I, obviously we, we wanted to focus on Camerata, but I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give Polly short shrift. I mean, how's, how's it going? I mean, like you said, you know, the neighborhood has changed so much talk about wine bars i mean talk about italian restaurants there's just a gazillion of them that have opened in the last couple of years i mean what's it like at that restaurant these days how do you how do you feel about how things are going uh, i think it's great uh, i think we you know we've been we're extremely consistent you know as far as an operator would look at things you know we're always looking at costs especially food costs and you know sales numbers and I mean, it's really consistent, even, you know, if, even after 25 years, um, there's something about that place that people like, you know, not sure what it is, but there's <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things and a lot of things on that menu that people really, really love. And so it's, it's difficult to, you know, as much as someone, you know, I've learned early that, you know, you shouldn't really bro- change anything that's not broken. So I haven't really changed a lot of the things that people really, really love. We like our dishes. Obviously, we added some homemade pasta that people liked and we'll always probably have that. But, you know, we, it's, we, you know, I take the same importance in, in staff at Polly as we do in Camerata, even though we're a counter service restaurant. We, I tell them, you know, this is, you have one opportunity to engage with the guests. You don't have multiple opportunities to visit them at the table. If something may have gone wrong in the beginning, you know, by dessert, then you can make up for the meal. But you have really one instance to show yourself, your personality, and, you know, what you represent at Polly's in, in one instance. Um, so I think we have great customer service, although it is, is counter service. Uh, and just consistency. You know, I, I people love Italian food, and that's probably why a lot of Italian restaurants are opening. But I think as long as we keep it um, consistent and delicious and fresh, you know, it seems that multiple generations still like us. They definitely like our cookies and that's probably how we get them at a young age. And (laughs) as they grow older, they start having a different palate and they start to graduate into the rest of our food. I I would say as as someone who, who eats everything from that fiercely spicy Alamatrisiana to your bolognese to the salads to everything else. I still like the cookies. I'm still definitely leaving with a cookie or two on my way well, out the door. I, I think that's uh I think that's our plan. We do cookies are always great. The seasons, you know, we're coming up on uh Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it will definitely be the two busiest months of the year as far as cookies go. Um Halloween was great, and the cookies cookies are consistent too. I you know, we just we're just doing our thing, and I, we feel like we feel like you just still be there. Honestly, I mean, I, I'll be by for my annual uh, check to make sure the Hebrew letters on the on the dreidels are are being made properly. That's I feel like oh, that's yeah. my that's <laughs> a very important. You do something role. backwards, right? Yeah, sometimes they're backwards, and it's yeah. you know it's you know those letters mean things, right? Like it I, it I may not mean much. I I know the women. I I know the 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 very talented uh, cookie decorating staff at Polly's may not celebrate Hanukkah, but for those of us who do, we, we like to see the the letters represented accurately. Yeah, we'll we'll double check that. Have we always done that or did you just fail you found that one year? Oh, I found it a couple of times over the years. Okay. But you know, it's always I I mean I I know it's not from a I, I mean I know it's not from like a malicious place. I just, you know, I no. it's just my that's just my uh they, you know I they feel sometimes obligated. misspell English words. So <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I mean, the other thing is you talk about the menu, you know, the menu mostly stays the same. It's like, I, 
you you probably haven't had linguini with clams as the Saturday special in like 10 years, but I still haven't completely forgiven you for taking that off the menu. We can bring it back. We did bring the mussels back on Monday nights. Yeah. I I mean I would I would be delighted. I mean, I'm sure that what is the current set? The current Saturday special is what, like uh Cacio e Pepe or uh Carbonara, yeah, right? Carbonara on Saturdays, yeah. Cacio yeah. Pepe Friday nights. So I, I don't want to piss off the fans of that dish, but but just like just once, just tell me that you're bringing back the linguine with clams, just because I, I remember it fondly, and I and I haven't had it in a really long time. Yeah, uh, we can definitely do that. I you know problem is this is my problem as an operator is finding something to remove, because like we see people, we I know people's faces, and they and they come in and order specific items, right? And I think I've talked about those other people before. It's like when I remove something from a menu, I can see, I know that this person comes in for that specifically. So it's like removing something. It's like looking them in the eye and being like, sorry, but we're removing the item you come here for. So I have to think <laughs> about what I have to think about what we can take off so we can we can put that back on. Well, you know, what's so funny is like I I tend to be really busy like going to the new places during the week, especially and you know, like every now and then I'll have a Thursday off and I'll think, oh, it's it's Asobuco night at Polly's. And and I had that I had that recently and it was like 7 38 o'clock and i called and i was like you still have any and they're like nope sold out it was like oh heartbreaking really I mean, good for you good for you that you sold out but bummer for me because it was like one of those rare thursday nights when i was like "Ooh, i could have this and then i i couldn't well you know why we sell out we sell it because it's good but we also sell it because people now call ahead they call like lunch on thursday and reserve one yeah and if i were better organized or had a like better yeah, like well, if i if i had known my thursday was gonna go i totally would have but but people have but, caught on and that's that's what happened so now when people show up they're like oh we're sold out and we're like oh man <laughs> they've beat the system yeah i mean do you ever contemplate like more locations of either Polly's or camarada i mean i know you kind of you thought about doing another camarada and then the pandemic happened and the deal fell apart but like do you do you ever think about growing this I do. I do think about it. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's Houston is always becoming so much more saturated and, you know, it's hard to find rent that is fair. It's hard to find. Um, I, I'm just coming from a restaurant family. I'm a little, I'm a lot more careful about jumping into situations like that. So I've, I've passed up a lot of opportunities. Um, and also, my parents tried to expand Polly's uh, early on, and there oh, was that's right. There was the Holcomb location. Yeah, we had one on Holcomb. There was we had one in Galveston at one point. And they also had one on uh, Luetta, which is the north part of town. Um, it's just a lot, you know. And I'm really happy with the way that my philosophy is. I'd rather have Polly's and Camerata running at 100 percent than running have multiple locations running at 70, 50 to 70 percent uh, efficiency or you know, there's so I have one location to show up to. All of my staff knows me well. I know them well. We all know we're on the same page. We're doing everything the best that we can. And I know that if I was spending time elsewhere, you know, I, I would probably pull staff from those locations to open other locations. And then the, the two places that have been around for so long could potentially um, lose their fire. 
um, and consistency. So I'm just at a happy place, you know, like showing up to one place. It's good for me. It's good for, you know, less anxiety, less stress, uh, allows me to have a personal life, uh, which is always good. Um, but I do think about it, like if the right perfect opportunity came along and it was, you know, it made a whole lot of sense with location. Um, I'm open, but I'm just not in a place where I'm trying to open five locations in the next five years kind of thing. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm good with where we are, I think. All right. Elise, let me, let me pivot back to you on a, on a totally different note. I mean, this is, Paul said, this is, this is prime time for Paulie's cookies. It's also kind of prime time for wine drinking. I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. I mean, these are, these are our wine drinking holidays. What do, what do you have going on at, at Camerata over the next couple of months for, for people? Yeah, so uh, definitely the busy season for the whole city. Um, but uh, the biggest thing is definitely next Sunday. Um, it has been a tradition since the first year of Camerata's opening, but it is the annual holiday retail sale. Um, so it's a really, really great opportunity for people to come by and it's basically a big parking lot party, um, which is really fun. Um, as long as the, you know, weather, uh, permits, which it has been great the last 10 years. So fingers crossed it, uh, stays that way, but, see what? It's going to be good this year too. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so far the weather looks like it's going to work out, but, uh, yeah, it's just a opportunity for people to come and purchase wines at retail pricing, but they're all wines uh, as with what we carry in the bar that aren't available in retail. Um, and that's one of the big appeals of Camerata is that when you come in, you know, the wines that are on our list, you can't just go and find at any normal retail um, outlet. Um, they are, we try to get uni unique wines for the bar and uh, the retail sale kind of follows suit that you get to come by and find a lot of wines that you're not able to find elsewhere in Houston. And we aren't charging the wine bar prices for that day. It's uh, the retail pricing. And so it gives people an opportunity to stock up on things for whether it's Thanksgiving holiday gifts, uh, you know, just your personal wine cabinet, uh, whatever it may be, but uh, really it's, it's a great opportunity too, because you get to meet the local distributors and you get to talk with them about their wines and you get to wander around and talk to other locals and that are there at the event and just really have kind of a community day and, and involves wine. So, uh, but there's 50 free wines uh, to taste through at the retail sale. Uh, and this year we're actually including um, a table for a sake producer, um, I'm not sure that we mentioned it earlier, but I have a very strong passion for sake and spent a lot of time and money to go to Japan and get a sake certification. Um, so we'll be featuring that. And I'm also really excited because we'll be featuring a table for, um, I think you actually had a podcast with uh, Danny Kamkagi last week. I, I did uh, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. So Mostly Chocolates is going to have a table at the retail sale this year because we uh, feature their chocolates on our food menu. Um, so they'll be selling their handmade local treats. Yeah, let me let me just say, Danny sent me a box of the the decorated bonbons, and I I looked at it, and it just like over the course of like three days, they just like one by one, they just they just disappeared. I mean, they're you know, you joke about like too pretty to eat. They <laughs> they they probably are, but that didn't stop me. 
No, I, uh, I actually don't have a big sweet tooth. I'm definitely like the girl that gets like French fries for dessert. Um, so, uh, I love, uh, Danny's chocolates because he, uh, goes a little lighter on the sugar and, uh, they're just a touch more like savory without being like not a dessert style. And I absolutely, uh, adore what he's got going on with his, uh, program. So I'm really excited to have him at the retail sale this year. All right. So that's this Sunday, November 19th. What what time? Uh, it'll be from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, in the Camerata parking lot. And then um, you get to place all of your orders um, that day uh, by 6 p.m. FYI. Uh, and then um, I get them to all the distributors that same night and they get delivered the next day. So if you are getting wines for Thanksgiving specifically, you have the opportunity to then pick them up Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday before Thanksgiving so that you can take them to your celebration with you. All right. So for people who go, you said there's going to be 50 wines to taste. Is there is there anything that you you know is going to be there that you are like super excited about? Ooh, I don't want to like upset any of the distributors by only mentioning like one or two things, but um, there's definitely some really, uh, really fun bubble selections this year. Um, I am myself, I'm a little biased. I love bubbles. Um, so those are going to be great. And uh, I think they all do a really nice job of catering what they bring specifically for kind of the holiday season. So there's, a really nice selection of some, you know, great burgundies that you can't find in retail, some beautiful Beaujolais, which is still burgundy, but you're going from Pinot Noir to Gamay. Um, but really like Thanksgiving driven, uh, holiday driven uh, styles that uh, really shine to help be food friendly and both uh, easy to drink on their own. Paul, I guess, let me, let me give you the last word. I mean, what's next for, what's next for Paulie's? What's next for, what's next for Camerata? Um, one more year, <laughs> <laughs> one, one foot in front of the other one year, one year at a time. Uh, I mean, just, I think consistency, like, I think that's what people want from both of us. Like we, we recently, you know, October is always a weird month for us because that's when the weather starts getting nice. So people want to go outside, obviously watch the Astros, but like once the past couple of weeks have been rainy and cold and we get like we get really busy because it, it it's like people want comfort and consistency and, and dependability. And we get so busy when the weather is like, you just want to crawl up and like not leave the house, but you also want some warm food and, 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 and like friendliness. And so to me, like that's big for us. Cause even through all the past with our hurricanes and like floods, we're always open the very first day that we possibly can. And I think that has created like, such a dependability for people in the neighborhood and around town um so i think just just trucking and being who we are hope to see year 26 and hope to see year 11 at, at camarada so every day is is just still trying to be consistent of what we've been doing and, and i will add one more thing to the camarada sale if you cannot make the sale because it's only a four-hour window on a sunday everything that we're selling will also be available online and so we'll share that link on our website, uh, CameradiHouston.com. So you can peruse everything that we're selling. You may not be able to taste it, but if you want to buy some things, you can also do that online. Yeah, so the sales will open up on Saturday at noon. So the link will, I'll probably get the link posted on Friday for people to get a sneak preview. That sounds great because I, I, I'm i like you, right? I, I like to drink bubbles. I like to give bubbles as presents. I want to make sure I have 
something nice to open, you know, on New Year's Eve and with family. So uh, yes, I I will I will be perusing. I I don't know what what exactly I'll be buying, but I'll have a, a paycheck burning a hole in my pocket. I'm sure I'll find some way to spend at least part of it with you guys. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You'll find something you like, even if you haven't heard of it. You'll you'll enjoy it. All right. I guess, Paul, give us the, the website. You mentioned the Camerata website. Give us the, the Polly's website and, and the social media for both uh, businesses. Uh, Polly'sRestaurant.com. Uh, then our Instagram, for we have two Instagram handles for Polly's. One is Polly Petro, which is operated by myself. It's mostly food uh, and happenings around the restaurant. Then Cookies have their own Instagram, which is Polly's Cookies. And then uh, our website at Camerata is CamerataHouston.com. And same thing for their Instagram handles at CamerataHouston. Great. Uh, Paul, Elise, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, bud. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on CultureMap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. <laughs>